Hot flames, making up a hot piece. Peace music all day, you already know. You know we go for it, go for the jugular, go for the gusto. Third y'all blitz and all that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out my man Mick Boogie, we going in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Anthony Onesto, and this is New York HR. And today we are, and it's kind of a touchy subject <laughs> to call bullshit on, but we're we're gonna there's there's there's, not, there's there's no hold bars here at New York HR. We're gonna call BS on workplace philanthropy programs, um, and we're we're joined today by Matt uh, Malatano. Matt, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Anthony? Awesome to be part of this. I appreciate it. We had a little bit, again, technical difficulty. I'm glad we were able to connect and, and figure this out. Hopefully you can hear me okay. Matt is the CEO and the executive director of Raise By Us. Um, it's a nonprofit workplace social good program. Really exciting stuff that Matt's doing. But he's here to join us um, because, you know, in, in my capacity as a head of, of human resources, I always knew that giving back was an important part of employee engagement. In fact, you know, people want to feel like they're giving back, whether you're sending the elevator back down or you're giving back to folks that, that need. And I understand why this is a very popular set of programs specifically around employee giving and, and corporate responsibility. And, and I know a lot of the larger companies, and Matt, you'll talk a little bit about some of the data. A lot of the larger companies have embraced this, have, have almost divisions, if not, you know, multiple employees that are in this, in these kind of capacities. And then when you come into the startup world, it's like me, <laughs> uh, you know, the head of HR responsible for these things. But, you know, whether it's the big company in the, in the S&P 5 or the Fortune 500 or a small startup like Susie, where I am, the participation rate of these programs is small. And it's a huge, huge problem. Um, and so we're, we're talking with Matt today. We're, you know, the, the way things are, what we do on this show, again, for those of you who, who haven't listened to the show before, is we like to call bullshit on stuff. But we do it in a way where we are looking at the status quo, things that you're so familiar with, but you ask yourself why. Why do these things exist? If they're not useful, they're not productive, they're not effective, why do we continue to do these things? And so today – Matt's joining us. Um, so, Matt, before we jump into into the topic, because, you know, we have about 35 or 30 minutes to, to call BS on these things, tell us a little bit about your background. We were we were talking in the in the show prep about your, you know, your UPenn to, to, to Goldman Sachs move and then into, you know, a, a non-for-profit. Tell, tell us a little bit about your background and, and why why do you want to try to solve this issue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just just how folks usually draw it up, right? Uh, you've had to go into uh, small small nonprofit. Um, so uh, exactly, just how I, your dad did, right? Your, your dad drew right. that up for you. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, you know, I I love my time at Goldman. I I, uh, I I think it's an awesome place to work. Um, big big part of my uh, experience was actually anchored in uh, stuff that happened when I was in college, so much years back when. I was a senior. My mom passed away, and uh, and in her case, she uh, had a heart attack, uh, and it was relatively sudden. And in the years after, when I was working in finance, um, my family and I—I I have three little sisters—and uh, and my dad, uh, my now stepmom, we we spent a lot of time fundraising for the American Heart Association. So AHA is 
obviously a big grant maker. They give a lot of money to a lot of different things. Uh, they give some money to labs that study why women under 50 can have heart attacks and why they're often fatal, uh, as right. was the case for my, for my mom. And not like your grandpa who could have six heart attacks and have a beer with you after, uh, which I think my grandpa at one point did. So, uh, so you know, here we are for years traipsing up and down the East Coast, Baltimore, Philly, and we're doing all these heart walks and runs. And we're cobbling together people on Facebook for donations. I think at one point, one of my little sisters even sold T-shirts just to raise a couple extra bucks. And when sure, all that's said yeah. done, we probably raised $5,000 or $7,500, which, don't get me wrong, is very real money. And at running a nonprofit now, I can tell you, like, every dollar literally does count. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think you and I, Anthony, could both agree that, uh, you know, it's not going to cure heart disease anytime soon, right? And it sure as heck isn't going to stop uh, another family from having to go through what we went through. And so in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, there's got to be a better mousetrap, right? Like there's got to be a better way sure. for an individual person to raise really important resources, whether it's awareness, time, dollars for causes that mean something to him or her. And uh, it was around uh, at the beginning of 2017, I, I was connected. Uh, I was connected with uh, the two founders of Raised by Us, uh, two, two people uh, who remain uh, involved to this day, uh, both on the board of, uh, of directors of our organization. Uh, and they, uh, they saw this problem from, from a different lens, which I think is consistent with the topic of our podcast today. Uh, they were working at uh, high growth startups in New York City, uh, looked around right. and said, we have all this wherewithal. Like we have all these people that want to do good uh, and like all this energy that needs to be harnessed. But uh, my company, his company, your company, we lack the headspace collectively to figure out how to go do it. And so was born yep. what was called Techies Get Back into Raised by Us. And I was like hooked. I was like, you know what? Workplace philanthropy works. And there's this giant tail of organizations out there just like theirs that could use a little bit of leverage when they lack a lot of headspace because they're trying to meet payroll and push products and et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Uh, to engage some of these people and, uh, and change, uh, change the way philanthropy is happening. And, and there's a lot of, and, and thanks for that background. And I, you know, I, I looked at your bio and I, I see the, at, at Goldman Sachs that, you know, you were in the cross asset sales team. And of course, you know, I thought about the, uh, the, you know, Selena Gomez coming out and to explain, explain to me exactly what that means. Like, uh, you know, in the, in the movie, uh, the big short, but anyway, uh, you're, yeah. you're out of that world, but I mean, even in, as a head of, of human resources, I mean, the, I have, constantly people coming up to me and say, you know, we want to do good. And it, you know, it's almost a responsibility of the head of HR to think of these things and how do we manifest uh, this desire into giving back into the community. And, and there just wasn't, re there's just not resources. I mean, we can, we can focus on one particular charity, but I think the other challenge here, and I'd love 
for you to, to, to talk a little bit about why you think this, this idea of participation also is, is low, because everybody wants this kind of stuff, but yet the participation doesn't happen. Um, we could focus on one charity, but the problem is people have different passions. So it's like, you know, for you, the AHA um, was, was significant for you because of what happened to your mom. And, and of course, sorry to hear about that. That's not something you want to go through as a senior in, in, in college. Um, but um, why, why do you think there's this continued, like even with these big companies, this participation issue with employees? Why, why do you think that exists? Sure. And actually, funny note on the Big Short, uh, the uh, Brad Pitt character in the Big Short uh, was a customer of mine uh, on the cross-asset sales team. Uh, and he is the man and was actually one of the biggest uh, proponents of uh, of my move to race by us, and we still keep in touch now. So, uh, oh, lo- love that movie. Does he, yeah, I love love the connection. He, did he? Did Brad Pitt do him justice? And and does he look like Brad Pitt? You know, I that was one of the first things I said. I said, you know, like I, in terms of life goals, I, I don't know. Having <laughs> Brad Pitt play you in a movie, like I have to, I have to think that's got to be up there I'm, in terms of like I'm the universe of goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was about exactly. to say, Anthony. I, you know, um, there's there's hope for us yet. Uh, so, um, so I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, we, we talk a lot about, oh, you know, big companies have these resources, they have these corporate engagement teams and don't get me wrong. Like these teams are awesome and they do a lot of good work and, and corporate philanthropy, you know, the dollars that are coming from the foundations of these big organizations is meaningful to you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of nonprofits across the country and around the world. So, um, it, very, very significant. But when you look at employee engagement rates, even at those big companies, they're still not great, right? And I think, um, you know, I'm not uh, an employee engagement expert. So, you know, what I think, uh, what I think one needs to do is consider those rates. Uh, and, you know, and you and I riffed on that a little bit. So, like the last studies showed that uh, the the average employee participation in a giving program at big companies is something like nine or 10%, which is really anemic, right? And again, I think one would need to make that or consider that relative to other, uh, other programs uh, in the employee engagement space uh, at big companies, which I'm not an expert on. But what, what we do know but is I'm that- gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. interrupt there. I'm, I'm gonna say, you know, I, I, serving pizza on a Thursday will absolutely get me a participation rate higher than 10%. So just saying, sure. Like, like, sure. I'm talking about the most basic employee and I'm using air quotes. No one can see it. Then employee engagement plan, right. Or, you know, bagel Thursday, I'm guaranteeing that more than nine to 10% of the employees are going to grab a bagel and go back to their, their, their seat. So there's something amiss here. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I did that today. Yeah. I had a bacon, egg and cheese. And so um, I completely <laughs> agree with you. Uh, also, you know, to, to piggyback on that, we know that like way more than 10% of people give to charity, right? Like we have better data on that. More than half of American households give to charity every year. So people are giving, but they're not giving at the workplace. Like to me, that's, that's crazy backwards because we all know that people give their money or give their time most often because somebody that they know, somebody that they care about, somebody that they respect asks them to do it, right? And so what better place to do that than at the workplace? Like I look at those stats and I say 50% nationwide, like at the workplace, it should be higher 
because of those dynamics. Right. But, but back to your back to your question, um, I think we've really atrophied on workplace philanthropy, right? Like think about what you think about when you think about workplace philanthropy. And I, we've all been part of it, especially those of us who've worked at big companies. Like, you know, we've all been part of like the annual campaign, right? Where like everybody's passing around the hat and maybe you get like a form email and you're like, well, like, I don't really know where my money's going, but like, I guess like I'll just like chip in, you know, or everybody's been part of like the big corporate volunteer event, right? Where you like go to the park and you look at like the professional staff people who could do it like 16 times quicker than you, right? You're kind of like, well, like maybe it would be better from a social impact perspective to like support those folks more than like me coming and not really applying the skills that I have, right? Right. Uh, you know, but this has been our best answer. And by the way, this is from companies that have lots of dough, to your point, right? Like, like th this is the best money has bought so far. And to me, that's and they really have lots broken. Of, and they have lots of dough and also lots of resources, right? Like these, these big companies have CSR departments. This is, this is not like a, a 20th of someone's job in these departments. This is like a full-time gig with, with a handful of uh, uh, labor costs, payroll costs, right? Like that, that's how these things are structured, and yet they're still struggling. Totally. And so when, when we're talking about big company CSR, I think you almost have to separate it into two camps because it, it informs our discussion about raised by us's work. There's the one camp of like, okay, these, these companies have foundations. They're making strategic investments in nonprofits. They're running really robust and very sophisticated programs in the community. And those are, those are awesome, right? Like, like uh, Goldman, for instance, and I was a huge fan of their work when I was there, uh, 10,000 Small Businesses is this awesome initiative. It's this rising tide that lifts all boats initiative. They're investing all across SMBs, across the, across the country and the world. Um, the other camp, though, which I think um, you know, is, is where we're focusing most of our conversation, is around employee engagement, right? Like, can these companies take what they're doing externally? And I think this is the lion's share of the pain point that Raised by Us is trying to solve. Like, you know, you could be a... Uh, super high value brand, you know, high growth direct to consumer company and, you know, have 250 employees and on Twitter and on the subway, you could have like the coolest, like most socially good uh, uh, brand that's visible to your customers. But are you tying it back into the employee experience when employees come and work for you? And a lot of cases nowadays, right? Like, and you would know better about this than me employees are coming to work at your company because they're seeing that. And they're like, that's what I want to be a part of. Are they feeling the love, right? Like, are you translating that work back into what their experience is? And, and that's, where, that's where we're really focused. And I think what we've done over time is we've sort of atrophied because employee engagement is, is hard, right? Like, and, and it's yep. not like a, it's not a, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not a dollars thing. It's like a headspace, time, scalability, like, incentives alignment thing, right? Like is talking to employees about giving their money or giving their time, is it a benefit? Is it an ask? Like, you know, I, like we're in a, we're in some weird gray areas here from like HR land. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And that's a land we like to visit very infrequently. <laughs> HR. Land. No, <laughs> right. Um, right. I'm allowed to make HR jokes. Uh, sure. But yeah, I, I, listen, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think there, there is definitely this idea of headspace scale 
and time as, as issues here for, I, I do believe that there's also this idea of, of cost, right. To be able to structure these programs in the right way. But employees are like, here's, here's what's not sitting in my, in my brain is that mm-hmm. almost on a weekly basis, I get employees coming to me and saying, we want to do something. We want to like, there, there is that engagement. There is that um, they just don't know how. And then I am on the same path to go, okay, what do I do with this? Like, how do I funnel this passion and this energy? Um, you know, we we started working uh, locally. Uh, Susie started the company that I'm I'm, I'm head of HR for with a, a company uh, called uh, Build NYC, right? So, um, and and we mentor young kids, you know, first generation kids in in grade school and high school um, in in different, you know. In, in New York, and we we mentor them. They they have this really cool sort of innovative entrepreneurial program, and we we allow them to use the platform uh, to inform some of their product decisions because they're all in. They all get into this product um, project, and they have to become CEOs and all this sort of stuff. But that to me, it's like, we, and I love doing that. We're going to expand our our capabilities there. But you know what what is like so how how does Raise by Us solve this problem? First of all, it's it's really cool to hear about your work with Build NYC. We've done some work with them and love them. What an awesome organization! So so kudos to you guys and and kudos especially to you because knowing how much is on a chief people officer's plate that uh, that you're carving out time to make this happen truly shows what your organization's values are and that's that's really cool. Um, well, having you second, hosting on my podcast, thanks for the compliment, by the way. But, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't just email me to say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I, so I think it's a, it's a combination of two things, really, right? And so, what this is what we're talking about. On one hand, we're talking about meeting employees where they are, right? Like you have somebody in your business, your head of product, loves animals, right? Like. She loves animals. Like she is dying to take time uh, to go and volunteer at a uh, rescue shelter, right? Like, like what are the policies and procedures and what is the culture and what is the optionality that's being provided to her by sitting at your business to allow her to go do that, right? And so to that end, like what Raised by Us does every, every month is we are surfacing group and individual volunteer opportunities for the companies in our program that are across different cause areas, right? So like, we're very, very sure to make sure that we have a nice mix of education and homelessness and poverty and food insecurity and even animals to make sure that like, at that point in time, your, uh, your colleague wants to go do that. Here's the optionality. And at the same time, we're working with partners to understand like, okay, what is volunteer time off mean? How do, I, how do I roll out a volunteer time off policy for salaried employees and hourly employees, right? Like, like what does this all mean? Uh, and then finally, how can we report on the good work that my head of product is going to do, right? So, so that's on one hand, meeting employees where they are. The second piece and is- when, And let me, yeah. let me ask a question on that. So, so the way that works is it's not necessarily a Susie-focused event. It's an event where you're now aggregating- the interest from multiple partners and companies that you're dealing with to supply them with volunteers for this specific event based on, so my head of product 
who is an animal lover would, would want to go to that, whereas maybe my head of sales is more interested in the homeless uh, homelessness issue in, in New York City. So it, it, you're kind of aggregating all these volunteers through all the different partnerships. It's not necessarily, oh, everyone at Suzy needs to go to this animal shelter. It's just that one individual, but you get the scale of doing it through multiple partners. Is that, am, am I understanding that correctly? That, yep, that's absolutely right. And so while uh, when we start engaging with a new partner and we have almost 30 partners at this point, uh, all companies between about 30, 40 employees and about 1,500 or 2,000, um, that's kind of what it looks like, right? Like we're usually working with a junior people person or an office manager or maybe a, a give back committee or uh, a culture committee at a high growth company that is looking around saying like, we want to do stuff. We just don't have the headspace to like go out and surface these opportunities. But since we're doing it across 30 different companies at the same time, we're able to manage those nonprofit relationships and deliver those opportunities. And then we take it a step further by delivering what we call our calendar. And so we look at the calendar and we say, okay, there are natural catalysts that happen throughout the year where folks, like even if you are an animal lover, Martin Luther King Day comes up in January and you say, I really want to participate in this day of service. How do I do it? Like my company gave me off on that Monday. I want to go out and get back. So now we create community opportunities across our program to go and volunteer on that day. Same thing for Black History Month. Same thing for Pride Month. Just last month, we did a back-to-school month. And so, you know, companies sitting around, maybe reinventing the wheel themselves, uh, figuring out what they want to do for back-to-school. Well, by being part of the Raised by Us program, we're giving you constant engagement with your employees by delivering these monthly activations. And so for August, it was a virtual school supplies drive through an awesome tool called Daymaker. We raised almost $30,000 across our program in school supplies for, for kids from under-resourced communities. We did volunteerism at Donors Choose. We did volunteerism at Care for the Homeless. Um, to your point though, the next level, the next level across these like community offerings is you're in you, you come to us and say, hey, uh, all this is great, but we, we really do, we, here at Suzy, we really care about, uh, about education. Uh, you know, uh, we're working with XYZ organizations and we really want to do a day of service across four nonprofits, but we, we simply can't manage that. Well, because we're doing these throughout the year, we will now deliver you a day of service or, you know, we want to do a education focused giving campaign that doesn't exactly fit into your calendar, but helps achieve that for just our employees. We'll host a giving campaign. And so it's this juxtaposition, I think, across what is our community product? What is our individual employee engagement product? And then finally, how are we supporting the companies in our program to push what it means for them, right? Like, like I now want to communicate something as my business to my employees, and how can we help you fulfill that kind of work? So how are you seeing the engagement numbers just, you know, obviously we, you would want some inter incremental progress over the 9 or 10% numbers you see in, in sort of typical CSR programs. Are you, are you seeing engagement numbers that are way above that? And, and is it because, you know, what is there one specific aspect of the program you think is, is having a greater impact than others? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and we're, we're sort of early days in, in understanding this, and I'll tell you exactly why. But, 
um, the, the TLDR is, is yes. Uh, that's probably the most exciting part about our program is seeing engagement rates significantly higher than, than average giving program participation rates. Uh, last year, we uh, averaged a 35% employee uh, engagement rate across our program. Uh, that was just on giving. This is the first year that we're leaning into recording volunteering hours and understanding the engagement. Um, my hunch is it means that, that that collective number will be higher than 35%. But even if you just look at the percentage of people who donated a charity through our program, uh, 35% was something we're really happy about. And uh, you know, we're, we're, learning, we're learning new things all the time about how to better engage folks and make that rate higher. Um, to answer your question very specifically, I think there's really two things, right? I think one, when you consider a program, it's a year-long program. And so I talked to you about the calendar. Uh, I described the individual opportunities. Um, you know, that's very different. It's a very different approach than the one big day of service at the park or the pass around the hat campaign. Like now we're constantly engaging you and we're engaging you with different things, right? So now our hope is that throughout the year, like, hey, you know, uh, the back to school activation might not be for you, uh, but the Giving Tuesday activation or the Earth Day activation might be exactly what you're into. And so at some point yep. throughout the year, we're going to grab you, right? The other thing, too, is because we're working with innovative, high-growth companies, I think the ability for us to be really creative with new tools, new approaches – is very real and that's very exciting to us. And that's attracted some attention from some funders, which we're really excited about. But you know, things like standing up a giving circle to support an employee resource group, right? Like your women's group sits down and says, you know, we wanna do something philanthropic as tied to our mission. We're having trouble ideating on where our collective dollars or hours volunteered should be going, right? And so can we facilitate a giving circle where the folks in that employee resource group get together over the course of three or four sessions, ideate on causes important to them, we can help with the organizations that match up with those causes, and then collectively allocate their resources to one or a handful of organizations that are doing work there. Like, that's very different than your, like, traditional giving campaign, right? Like, that, in many ways is a culture building exercise. We're all getting together and we're discussing right. the issues of the day, right? That's one example, right? Uh, another example, which I mentioned before, um, you know, having virtual tools where we could do virtual in-kind drives. Everybody likes bringing the coat or the winter uh, clothes to the office to put in the cardboard box. And that's awesome. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. It's important. Does it scale? Right. Like, especially for modern day businesses, like, you know, we work with Envision. Envision has hundreds, thousand people that work entirely remote, right? Like how do we, right. those people how want to do that, that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, yep. working with virtual tools that allow for us to get that kind of work. How, you know, how are we incorporating volunteering? How are we communicating to people who just went and volunteered uh, to then go and give and support that organization and keep the, keep the conversation going, right? So our, our ability to be nimble and test some of these concepts is very real and I think has, has proven to be really helpful as we, a dial-up engagement. Sure, and you're matching that nimbleness with the startups that are probably asking, right? They're asking for more and more of these things, and they're more willing to take risks than some of these larger companies. So that's interesting. So let me let me just boil it. I know we have a couple of minutes left, but I just want to be very clear. So the two options when someone works with you 
is and, – and correct me if I'm wrong. One is the idea of giving time, and then the other one is giving money. Am I correct by in that, in that sense? So, again, very focused on – and so the ways that people can give back with their money and their time. When we're talking to an employer, right, like if, if we're sitting down with an employer for the first time and they say, what does it mean to join the Raised by Us program institutionally, we give them two paths. The first path is you become a member or a sponsor of the RBU program. And there we deliver that calendar that I was talking about every month. We activate your employees in the same way that we're activating everybody else across the program. And you're getting delivered these individual volunteer giving opportunities throughout the year. The second path, uh, which is a little bit more advanced, is you look at that calendar and you say, there's some stuff missing here. This is great, but I want to do my own day of service to complement this for just my employees. Or I want to do my own giving campaign. We will, we will manage your program. That's the second path. Got it. Got it. Awesome. And so how does, how does someone get in touch with you? How do, how do, you know, is it, is it simple LinkedIn or like, how does someone reach, reach out to you if they're interested in, in the program and, and talking more about this? Yeah. So uh, I'm always around via LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, our website is simply raised by dot us dot us. Uh, and we have some ways to get in touch with our team there. Uh, I would also, because uh, it's topical, I would invite folks to participate in some of our community programming just to see what it's like, right? Like, I don't know if this is good for my business. Well, just come. And so uh, right. we have a number of events listed on our website, but we have a panel on workplace philanthropy with some executives from Uber and Casper next week. We have a pop-up giving circle. We're all going to come together and talk about the issues of the day. You listen to the daily, you read Reddit, you're curious what to do about some of these things, but want to have a forum to talk about it and pool your impact. We're having an event on the 24th to do that. And then finally, uh, coming up in October, uh, we have a, uh, we have a, a New York City-wide, a New York Tech-wide day of service called Tech Gives Back that we're working on with SVB. Uh, we've put together 14 different volunteer opportunities. Uh, we have 1,000 volunteer spots. We've already filled something like 600 of them. So for folks ideating on like, hey, it's really hard to get my boys out of the office. I can't figure out what to do. This is open to the entire community. And you can find more information on our website. We're also, uh, we're also doing uh, our annual fundraiser as our nonprofit on the 29th. Um, Anthony, you're on the host committee. So thank you for, for that. Um, but a uh, great opportunity to come and learn more about Raised by Us. It's hosted by our board of directors. We'll have an awesome panel, uh, some good food. It'll be a good time. Well, great. It sounds like you guys are, are definitely doing some interesting things and, and really trying to this idea of a nine or 10% engagement in these things to really drive up. Uh, I love the idea of doing it monthly. I think whenever you can think of these things in, in programmatic ways, it's, it's smart. I, I learned many years ago uh, at Fresh Direct, you know, a consultant once said, communicate, communicate, communicate. And just when you thought you communicated too much, communicate again. And it sounds like that theory of, you know, having monthly programs and at least hitting, uh, at, you know, someone's interests um, just mathematically has to happen on a regular basis or at least, you know, uh, half of the time. And then, you know, there you're already getting a 50% engagement. So sounds great, Matt. Thank you for, for joining the show. Thank you for calling BS on 
some of the uh, existing workplace philanthropy, I'm going to get the word right, programs, you know, middle class <laughs> sure. kid from New York, so words uh, are, are sometimes a struggle. But uh, thanks again for uh, for being a part of the show. We really appreciate it. I, was, I had a great time. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Have a good day, Matt. You too.